Hi everyone, welcome to this week's podcast. I'm Stephen Hattie Sides from the Medical Business Academy and I have a very, very special guest all the way from Orlando and that um, is uh, where Disneyland, I, I've been there many, many a time. Erin, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you, Stephen, for having me. Thank you so much. So Erin Kuratu is uh, from a company called Kick the Ceiling. And Erin's uh, been in the game for a couple of, well, many, many years, hasn't it? Uh, helping practices really sort of um, identify areas of improvement within their business, how to grow their practice. Um, I'm constantly seeing your uh, email uh, campaigns um, coming into my inbox, and uh, I love all the subject headings you use and things like that. So, <laughs> so tell us a little bit just about your, your business, Erin. So Kick the Ceiling was completely designed for doctors, helping you become as expert in business as you are in medicine. And when I was working inside practice, um, not as a consultant, but in business development, I noticed and felt that, you know, the doctors didn't go to business school. They went to medical school and they were lacking the knowledge that they needed in order to bring their business and their practice where it needed to be. And instead, they were relying on a lot of outside consultants and sometimes didn't know uh, whether or not the consultants were performing well or not. They weren't sure which questions to ask and how to dive a little bit deeper. So that's where my company really, the genesis of it came from. It's really getting out there helping doctors understand the business lingo, what it means, what are the buzzwords, um, how, do, how do we use them, how do we formulate strategy, because the doctors can do this, and I'm out there helping them do so. Well, great. I mean, the topic uh, that we're going to be speaking to today is, is such an important one to get right, because if uh, business planning, strategic planning, uh, we're going to look at the differences and the importance of each, look at the different components um, of both planning. And I know in, in my business, you know, at the beginning of the year, especially, you know, it's so mm -hmm. important to put together a communications plan. So we put together yeah. a really comprehensive plan for all of our journalists, for all of our PR and media, because without that, we're a little bit lost and we're a bit scattered. So yeah. tell us... Um, a little bit about, you know, what is the difference between the two, you know, a business plan and a strategic plan? Well, a lot of times you'll hear the both of them used synonymously, and it's just a bit inaccurate. Um, they sound similar. Business plan, strategic plan, what's, you know, what's the big difference? There's actually a, a very big difference. A business plan is 99% of the time used pre-revenue. So it's for someone who doesn't have a business yet, like a brick and mortar or even a, a website, where they come in and they design components of this plan to say, this is where we think we're going to be. This is what the market looks like. This is our industry analysis. Um, this is the financial summary. This is the marketing plan of what we think. This is what we think the company structure and the management team is going to look like. And usually, that business plan is taken off either to a bank to an angel investor, to a venture capitalist, and said, here's my business plan. Can you please loan me half a million, mm -hmm. you know, or more? Um, and that completely differs from a strategic plan. Strategic plan is when you're already generating revenue. So your business plan is essentially your strategy for year one. 
your strategic plan has similar components, but it has the majority of the meat of it shifts. So both of the plans have mission statements. They both have vision statements, if you will. They both have the core values of the company that's listed. But then the strategic plan takes a shift into situational analysis. So we're looking at a SWOT, an S-W-O-T, which stands for strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And you perform that on your top two competitors, for example, and your own business as well, looking up how are we going to shore up those weaknesses? How are we going to take advantage of these strengths moving forward? We're looking at our edge in the market. You know, what is it? What really sets our practice apart from everyone else? So doctors will, um, they'll have, I don't want to say similar credentials, but they've all been to medical school. They're, they're exquisite in their craft and their talent. And when you go onto their websites, if you look closely, some of it is very similar. So what sets you apart? What's going to make that patient draw to your practice more than the gentleman or the lady five miles down the street performing the same services? And then we look at your initiatives. So what are we going to be driving toward this year? What have you been driving toward? What, what hasn't exactly been working? This is part of the strategy, looking at those initiatives, say your top two to three initiatives, which could be, for example, financial, which is 99% of the time in your strategic plan. Um, and then maybe you want to look into your brand and how you're branding. Um, that could be an initiative as well. Or, um, for example, uh, how the patients view us. How are the reviews on Yelp, for example? You know, where it's a it's a media frenzy out there, and everybody has access to the internet and information. So, you know, what does your practice look like on the outside? And then we do a you know a plan of action. How are we going to put this strategy in play? And we do a communication plan as well, like you were talking about. It's so important to be able to communicate with your patients, with your vendors, with your staff, among everybody. It's very transparent. It goes two ways. Um, so just, you know, in, and then, just in terms of the strategic yeah. plan, is that something that you would do once in the year or is it uh, done sort of once a quarter? And, and I presume you're, you're measuring um, this on a, on a frequent basis because it's, there's a lot of moving parts in there. There's a lot of moving parts in it. So we definitely put those KPIs in place, those the key product indicators, those specific financial benchmarks, if you will that we are looking towards. So the strategic plan, you can set out even a two to three year horizon. But in healthcare, things change on a, you know, a yearly basis. They change so rapidly. So you would go back and revisit your plan once every 12 months. The plans that a lot of the practice managers put into place, say those 90 day plans, I like to call those action plans. So the strategy doesn't get touched. It's there. It's sort of, for the most part, set in stone. It, it is a breathable document because we, we need to determine whether or not we're going to pivot once we get those benchmarks, say 60, 90, 120 days. Maybe we need to shift something here or there. But otherwise, it's pretty much set. But those 90-day action plans for the, that a lot of the practices have in place are sort of fluid and they change up more frequently. So the, the strategy, yes, you'd, you'd revisit once a year minimum. And, but you could set the horizon, say, two years out. And where do you think some of the practices go wrong when it comes to a strategic plan? Can you give us like some sort of case study that you've, you've had a, a real typical example where they think that they've, 
that their planning is is correct. Um, but realistically, they're, they're not measuring the right components to to call it a you know with a proper strategic plan. Right. So a lot of times where practices go wrong is that they're not benchmarking properly. So they're not exactly following the right financial marks that they need to. And to to their, I mean, from their point of view, sometimes you don't know what you don't know. And some practices aren't exactly aware of all the components of the EHR system and all the reporting features that are contained within. So they're not even running some of these reports. So, for example, um, in plastics, uh, and even in dermatology as well, referral revenue is key, and we need to know where it's coming from. And usually in the EHR system, you can plug in where the referral is coming from. So there's a practice that I was working with that wasn't plugging the information in. So we didn't know how well the ad spend, return on investment on ad spend was going, and so we started plugging everything in. And for the referral revenue, we need to know which doctors are referring. We need to make those benchmarks. We need to see, is Dr. Smith still referring the same amount of revenue now as he was 12 months ago? So we need to keep tabs on that and make sure that we're keeping our, that's part of the communication plan too, is that we're communicating with the people who are referring to us, um, we're making sure that our ad spend is uh, is proper and that we're getting the right return on investment from it. Uh, maybe we need to pull ad revenue in the spring from this publication and, and instead we find that we find um, more in the fall in that publication or something like that. So you become a lot smarter. And in doing so, when you get these numbers under control, you bring more money down to the bottom line, basically in your pocket to determine how you can reinvest, whether it's in employee growth, whether it's in um, new equipment and capital expenses or um, vacation time. You know, that's always nice. Wouldn't it be nice to have a little more money to put in your pocket to take on that nice vacation, uh, perhaps right. here in Orlando? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, do you do you yeah. find, I mean, that one of the biggest, I suppose, uh, things that doctors always say to me is like, you know, they just struggle to find that time to really do that planning um, what's what's your suggestion? I mean, is it is it the the practice um, manager that they should delegate this to, or is it actually the business owner that should be um, sitting down, or is it everyone together? Does everyone is it is important to have everyone's input? Who really sort of takes charge of those strategic plans? In my opinion, the the owner, the practice owner. So sometimes it's a, a multi-special practice with, you know, a few providers. Sometimes it's a sole provider. Those providers need to sit down and they need to put pen to paper and take ownership for wanting to put the strategy together. It has to come from the top. If it comes from the receptionist, for example, that's nice. But in reality, the ball may not start rolling. It will start rolling when the doctor says, this is what we need to do. And the practice managers, it can be delegated to them and components of it should. But sometimes, like I said before, sometimes you don't know what you don't know. And many practice managers haven't been to business school or they don't understand market growth exactly the way that they need to. Um, I find that a lot of times they've confessed to me that they just don't know how to take the practice to the next level. 
So if the doctor were even to delegate a strategic plan to them, they might not know which direction to take it. And the doctor doesn't really have a whole lot of time to do it, but you have to dedicate, say, even if it's just one hour a week, putting pen to paper and writing down what it is that you want to see for the future, um, which initiatives you want to take action on, um, how you want to see your practice grow. And we know that the, the plastic surgery business is growing year over year in general. And just because your practice is growing alongside and along the curve of, of plastic surgery doesn't mean that you can't grow further. Mm-hmm. So I hear a lot of times, yeah. too, well, my practice has grown 4% over last year. Well, that, that's very good. But perhaps we need to take it to 10. And how do we get there? Gotcha. And that's usually where they get stuck because they're not quite sure how to take it that much further. They, they come to me a lot of times and say, I say, well, how, how are you going to get there? And they say, well, we're going to dump a bunch of money in marketing, right? We're going to advertise, you know, the heck out of our practice. And everybody's going to see it. And they're going to love it. And we're going to, like, floods of people are going to come in. And um, sometimes that happens and you see some spikes. And sometimes you don't. So we just want to be a little bit smarter with the decision making. That's great. I mean, we, we're a big believer, you know, I mean, marketing's important, but part of the yeah. Medical Business Academy and the work that we do with business consultants like, um, like yourselves all around the world is that there's so much that they can do internally within the practice. Um, just yeah. understanding what is actually happening with their staff, with the touch points within the client journey, making right. some positive right. changes, and it can really make a big difference to the revenue um, by maybe a little bit more training with people answering the phones, maybe um, some right. better processes that they set up. You know, marketing is not, as you know, always the solution to, to, to sort of dump more money on, right. on that to get results. Right, exactly. So, so Erin, exactly. I wanted to just to, um, just to summarize on the strategic planning because I really want to go back to the business plan because we get a lot of inquiries uh, from uh, new practices, uh, new practice owners where they really do struggle with this part. So just to finish up on the strategic planning, just can you just um, list out just overall what really are the key elements that um, business owners really need to start thinking about? So what's in that strategic plan? If you can just give us an overview again. Yes, you definitely wanna have your mission statement. You wanna have that down. Uh, A lot of practices do, some of them don't. They say, I've got it in my head. You need, to, you need to put it down. Get that mission statement down. Vision statement, it's 50-50. You can have it if you like it. You don't have to. You, you know, your mission statement will do. You need core values or what I like to call non-negotiable. These are the core values. Say three to five core values. And that these are the core values that you're hiring against as well. So when you're looking for new talent, does the new talent possess these core values that you think are so important to the practice? And no matter what, like these are the ethics that we live by. Um, you want to do your situational analysis. You want to figure out uh, more about your top two competitors. And in this day and age, your top competitor may not be 10 miles down the street. It, it might be, you know, like you're, I'm in Florida, you're in California. Baby, you're my competitor. You know, find out what they're doing right and how can you leverage that in your practice. Um, you need to figure out what your edge in the market is. How do you differentiate yourself? How do you make, in the business world, we call it a blue ocean. How do you make the blue ocean of yours stand out instead of competing in this red sea? Um, you need your initiative. 
And you can't have seven to nine initiatives. You need to convince them they need to be succinct. So I would say two to three, maybe four, really good top level, 40,000 foot view initiatives. And from there you drill down. Brilliant. You need a plan of, you need a plan of action. How are you going to put this strategy into place that includes communication? Um, it includes how are you communicating back with your employees, whether it's daily, weekly, monthly, depending on how large your practice size is. Um, how, and how do your employees communicate back with you? You know, how well they feel about it. It's so important to get your employees um, as part of the building of the strategic plan because then you will gain champions of your strategy because they will feel like they had that input and they'll feel like I'm going to go out there and I'm going to get it done today and I'm super excited to wake up and come to my job because, you know, my employer cares about what I think about too. And then you need to execute. You have to execute the plan and it can't fall to the wayside one month later when you have competing priorities. This is priority number one. So we always have competing priorities. You have to execute the plan, and it has to be executed on a daily basis, routinely. And then you need to assess. So once it's executed, you've got to assess it, and you have to benchmark. And then you have to determine whether or not you need to do iterations or small pivots here or there just to make it yours, and then revisit it uh, once a year. Okay, that's great. That's really comprehensive. Thank you for that. So in terms of the business planning, now, as I said, we, we get, uh, I mean, we find there is a huge percentage of um, healthcare professionals that are so interested in the aesthetic industry, they want to set up yeah. a practice. Uh, and we see a real yeah. spike everywhere around the world of um, med spas or non-surgical clinics that are set, setting up everywhere. Yeah. Um, but a lot do fail, and, and that um, could yeah. be down to business planning not being in place or a number of other factors, cash flow, um, etc. Yeah. So. Can you just give us some insight, really? Where do healthcare professionals start to really look at what do I include in my business plan? Yes, if you have a runway of one to two years prior to launch, this is good. Um, I, have, I have doctors calling me all the time saying, I wanna launch next month, I need your help, and it's crazy. Um, you need to take time. You've got to put this business plan in place. You have to take it extremely seriously as if you were going to go to the bank and sign your name and take a loan for a million dollars. Your business plan is just as important. You have to put all those components in place. You have to figure out more about your industry. More entrepreneurs fail because they don't do enough research about their industry. So it's not just location, location, location. That's a piece of it. There's so much more that goes into the business planning and how long is it going to be until you take a draw of a salary? There's uh, one doctor I worked with, it was over 18 months. You know, another doctor was three months. So you have to be able to plan accordingly, you know, financially speaking. Are you going to lease a building? Are you going to, are you going to rent it? Are you going to own it? I mean, there's so many factors that go into play here. And, you know, how many competitors are you up against? And again, how are you going to differentiate yourself? What does the market look like? What does the analysis tell us? How is the industry performing? Where are you going to spike the football, for example? You know, um, what's your uh, company structure and management team look like? Your, your organizational chart on day one may not look like what it will, uh, you know, in year two. And how do you see the growth and what are the benchmarks that you need to be at in order to determine, you know, that definition of success that you have? 
So business planning is extremely crucial. It's, it's got to be in place. It, it has to. It has to. I know, It'll help you succeed. And I know how, how much work that is, is involved with that because I'm sure, you know, yeah. for your business, our business, we've, we've all had to do them. But it's, it's not a simple task. And I, I really um, relay the, the same message in that you need to really plan out like, at, at, you know, 12 to yeah. 24 months before if you can really start to do the research, which is, as you say, is so right. essential um, to getting it right because... I mean, I, my, I think my first business plan that I did, I didn't really do that much research. I thought I knew yeah. most of it, you know, and, and I would yeah. I'd put down the plan. Yeah. But things don't always go according to the plan. But it, it was a good exercise. And I think, you know, for, for any sort of business owner, they should just start with it. And then if they're really struggling with it, then I suppose they can always uh, get advice from, from people like yourselves and, and how to actually refine it and, and really put it together because you're right though. I mean, it's so important that we need a good business plan. If, if someone's wanting to seek finance um, from the bank, yeah. then the bank's not gonna look at you unless you've got a, a good business plan, right? Right, and, uh, and a cautionary tale to the audience is that a lot of times when, um, when either new doctors or doctors that are inside another practice that is already booming, it's already going, they think that it's going to be exactly the same for them if they leave and start their own practice. That, you know, the patient flow that they're seeing at the practice that they're in has been built somehow. It didn't start that way. So when you go into private practice, it's usually a huge shocker. And people, you know, the doctors think, oh my gosh, like, where are all the patients? I was doing 36 <laughs> cases, you know, in a week, and now I'm only doing 11. Oh my goodness. Well, that's part of your business plan. You know, you have to ramp up to that. The first three years are crucial to any new, uh, any new medical practice, extremely crucial. Yeah, great. Hey, Erin, uh, that, I mean, just the whole talk around, I think it's even clarified a few things for me as well, you know, business versus strategic planning the importance yeah. of having both of those. I think we could, we could go into yeah. a, a lot more detail, um, and I think I'd like to do that on, on, on future calls as well, but I really wanted to give everyone a really nice overview, so if you're listening and you're starting a new practice, you've got some really golden nuggets from Erin talking about some of the key components that you need to put into that business plan if you wanna go seek finance, right through to the importance of strategic planning. Um, making sure that you know you've got your objectives in there. You've 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 got ways to assess it, and and really we want to measure our performance every step of the way. You know, every quarter we want to have those action plans, and we want to grow our businesses yeah. in the right way. So, Erin, is there any sort of final final messages? And uh, if you could just uh, let all of our listeners know where they could uh, uh, find you to to get more details and and to contact you if if they need need to. Yeah, I think the main takeaway is that hope is not a strategy. I say that in nearly every single communication I put out there. You cannot hope for the best. You really have to put pen to paper, and you really have to dig down and do the dirty work. And um, I, I promise that you'll end up seeing even better results if you do. Uh, but yes, you can find me at uh, kickthecealing.com. I'm there. My biography is there. You can find me on LinkedIn, Erin um, Karachu, and um, in the entrepreneurial space here in Orlando, for sure. Great. Well, thank you so much, Erin. I'm looking forward to the, uh, the next podcast with you. Wonderful. Me too. Thank you, Stephen.